0: It's oh, it's never so gonna fun. wanna don't it to go to the
1: it was well, the worst of times.
2: Dinner, absolutely Ashley. You wanna have your cake and you eat you you it? Too. They thought it. I was you. Welcome to They Thought I Was You, the podcast where we recontextualize our childhood obsessions with Mary Kate and Ashley, the Olson twins. I am Becca Roth, I'm a writer-director. I'm Lanny Harms, I'm a writer and actor. And we know that we keep talking about doing the fun club, and we promised yes. we would do it this week, but we will not do it this week because I don't know if you remember our last episode when <laughs> Lanny dropped the bomb on me that she emailed John Let's Forster see.
1: without telling <laughs> the, me. <laughs> the writer and composer of many of the early projects that we had just finished reviewing, of Thorn Mansion, our first video, Glogical Eye Ranch. All of the Mother's Day favorites. special.
2: Literally all the ones we just talked about.
1: And he said, said yes! yes!
2: <laughs> so we are Audio like... speaking. Yeah, we are freaking the F out. Uh, mm-hmm. We are so excited. Uh, but yeah, so we are bumping Fun Club once again for a very good cause. Right, to, wait, wait. We'll get to it, we promise. We promise. Uh, this is our very first interview with anyone for this mm-hmm. podcast, hopefully, a first of many. Um, but yeah, we are about to talk to John Forrester um, about so many things his involvement in all mm-hmm. the projects, his role, what in the it was project. like.
1: To work with five-year-olds and make a whole uh, begin the whole brand like unknowingly but kind of knowingly, yeah, right. And like if he if he like knows what it what the fandom was like, what it, like
2: it's, for him too, like speaking to the audience, the target audience for the first mm-hmm. time, like I that all would be interesting. The like, burning
1: questions of why did they drop jelly from peanut butter and jelly? Yes, we
2: have to know that
1: um, we need to, and. Maybe
2: a little bit about Robert Thorne and Adrian later, maybe not. We won't push it. We're not going to push it. We're not going to push it. Um, Okay, so let's get into
1: it. Hi, John, we're so excited that you're here. Yay, thank you so much for doing this.
0: It was such an out of the blue request. How could I, you know, say no? I don't think I've, I haven't really thought about those albums in a long time. And I thought it'd be fun to think about them because it was kind of a wild ride.
1: Yeah. yeah, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if anyone's like ever talked to you about this or your experience working with
0: on these projects. Uh, probably, but I can't remember and not in a while.
2: Yeah, basically you did the music for, incidentally, the four things we've already talked about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, the Mother's Day special, the uh, our first video, Uh, Logical Eye Ranch, and The Case of Thorne Mansion. We literally just talked about all of those, so we could not be more excited to talk to you. Like we're- It's like
1: perfect timing. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's outrageous.
0: Great. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah. so thank you so much for doing this. Sure. Thank you. And Um, you did compose all of those things, right? That our internet did not mislead us?
0: Yeah, no, I didn't compose all the songs. I was the producer on all of those, the music producer, and I wrote a bunch of them. There were some, like their first one, uh, their first video was called Our First, or the first audio was called Our First. Hold on.
1: I pulled, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was,
0: it was called Brother for Sale. I pulled them off the shelves. Oh, and that's I don't, so nice. Oh. I, I don't have them all, but I have that one and I have I Am the Cute One. Um, oh, my God. And, um, and then we got into, uh, we did two albums. And the albums sold really well, and everybody was happy with them. Yeah. Um, But at that point, uh, they decided that the girls should be more of a video item. Mm -hmm. Because it was really, it was just sort of turning into a video world. What are we, the late 90s then? It was the early 90s. Early 90s. And so that's when they started doing videos. I think the Give Us a Mystery Mm -hmm. series and Thorn Mansion and The Logical Eye were, were, I think, the first two videos in that series. Yes. Um, and one of those, the one that has funky musicology on it, Yeah. Um, yes. I think I wrote all of the songs on that one. Oh, my God. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Iconic. That yes. was a fun project because <laughs> we just kind of let it rip, you know. We We thought... I mean, the deal with children's music for me is that it's gotta be fun for the adults too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you wanna write that double level stuff. And so something like something like funky musicology, you know, is that's it's probably feeding kids a lot of misinformation, but it's fun for kids (laughs) and and it's fun for adults. (laughs) Or that's the idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well that's actually That's something that we actually talked about on the last one. That like, as an adult, I really loved that song. But I think as a kid, like not understanding like what the all the ologies are, I think is like it is confusing. But it's still like such a catchy song. And truly, like we so much on our last episode, we talked about how great all the songs were on it. Like if you wrote the song Bravery, like we. Our, we Ooh. love that song.
0: <laughs> Bravery is by my friend, by my friend Michael Abbott. Okay, um, no way. Yeah, um, who's a New York theater writer, uh, Michael? Yes. And the lyric, I think, was his wife at the time, Sarah Weeks. Yeah, um, oh. yeah. Well, it's um, great. I think that was the one on that album that I did not write, um, but okay. that was great. Yeah, it was a really, really. <laughs> but you're and still got, a
1: producer. You, yeah. I got about to it. produce
0: them. I got to orchestrate them. It was really yeah. fun and. Um, And we had a band we sort of did a bi-coastal thing because the twins were out on the west coast and mostly we did uh, i recorded the tracks with the band beforehand on the east coast and brought them out but then there was a uh, a band that we had out on the west coast too for a bunch of the videos i think like uh The ones that had, like, Flip, at the one at the aquarium. Oh, yeah. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was one at Space Camp. um, Yeah. And uh, I forget all the rest of them. But it was, for recording out there, we had a studio called The Bakery. I don't know if it's still there, but it was in North Hollywood. And they had a a Studio C out in the backyard that was a little cottage and was completely freestanding. So the Olson entourage just moved in there, you know, Lockstock and Barrel, um, and they had Adria. Later uh, was her, um, which we called her the Twins Wrangler. Yes, and, um, we've
1: heard about her. Yeah, Adria,
0: yeah, she was great, and and her mother, their mother, Jarny was was there quite a bit. And my um, my wife was working on the project too. Vicky was the she was uh, the vocal coach uh, wow, for cool. it. Wow.
1: Well, I actually would love to know, what did you know about Mary-Kate and Ashley before you started working on this project with them? What was your awareness of them?
0: I had none. Um, <laughs> Bob Hinkle, who was who dreamed up the project with Robert Thorne, uh, um, Bob had started a kid's music label called Zoom, and he called me up. I knew him because he was managing Tom Chapin, who uh, I was doing a lot of children's records with. And he said, there's these these kids, they're really young, um, and they have a TV show that people really like, and we're gonna make an album with them. And uh-huh. I said, I wasn't aware of them, he sent me some stuff, and they were five years old, you know, and yeah. so they sounded like five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> totally, and, yeah. And I said, I don't know about that. And he said, okay, do me a favor, you owe me one, get on a plane, go out to British Columbia where they're on a location. Sit in the studio with them, see if it'll work. See if you can make it work. So we sat down in the studio with them, and uh, I, you know, they were, you know, they they're just charming kids, and yeah. um, and, and I said, well, what do you like to sing? And they sort of hemmed and hawed around, and then it turned out that what they really liked were the Beach Boys, and so we sang some yes, Beach so Boys stuff. Yes, they talk
1: about the Beach Boys a lot.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they. Yeah, the Beach Boys were on Full House too. Like they were like actually um, on Full House, so they met them, and I think they like yeah, that's probably how they were fans of them. You know yeah. that you actually know them. I never met them, so I'm just speculating. But um. I remember. I mean, it
0: was a while ago. So, but I remember, I remember them doing a couple of Beach Boys songs, mm-hmm. and and that seemed like a way in. I said, okay, I think we could do something there. But but you know, when you make an album, usually you you put on headphones and you overdub to tracks that are already there. Yeah. And when you're six years old, you know, that's really not happening. And we didn't really know that when we went into it. So we had to, when they were young, we had to sort of create a system where they would sit in the studio with my wife and she would sing them a phrase and they would sing it back to her. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: we would take it and put it on top of the music track. Um, so we sort of pieced, pieced it together um, in those early ones. And then as they got older, you know, it's more sung. But, okay. And that was sort of just at the dawn of the age of Pro Tools um, and digital okay. editing. As a matter of fact, that first one was before the dawn of, of Pro Tools. So that was tough. Um, was that the I mean, first
1: one was the, the Mother's Day special? Was that the first thing you worked on them n- with?
0: No, it was um, Brother for Sale.
1: Brother for Sale, oh, right. Oh, wow. That was audio.
0: Just audio. It sounds like you guys might not be aware of the audio albums that they put out. No, no, there no, were we videos. were.
2: No, we were. Because I think they did oh. the music videos to kind of promote the audio albums, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what we, yeah, that's that was our understanding. Um, yeah, so I think like as kids we didn't, I mean, I didn't have
1: the albums, but I definitely watched all of their, all the videos that they put out. Right, uh-huh. that was my understanding too. is that like I the albums were um, felt like they were compendiums to the videos, and since I was like the target demographic for the videos, and like a, I was a couple years later after everything started coming out, like I was just like I want to see their faces singing and dancing. <laughs> and yeah, so sure. I was aware of the of the odd of the albums that came out, but I also didn't have them myself.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah um, i I, yeah. I think our first video was the first. Video that they put out, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I can't remember what was on it because they just um, grabbed some stuff that was from the audio albums. You're right. Yeah. Well, actually,
2: um, I'm so we're very curious about like what in that. Did you write any of those songs, or did you uh,
0: produce? Uh, do them? you do you know? I I produced all the music on them, and I wrote a couple songs. Is my is my recollection. I wonder what was on it. We just watched
2: it. We just watched it, so I'm sure we could rattle it off. So yeah, it was (laughs) it was brother for sale. It was which I didn't write. Okay, it was peanut (laughs) butter, like peanut peanut butter.
0: Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, that is from the 50s. Well, that Um,
2: okay. We have a question about that one, but let me let me quickly say the rest of them that I can remember. So it's identical twins, which I think you did. I am the cute one. I think you wrote Uh, both of those right.
0: I wrote Identical Twins, and I Am the Cute One was written by Pete Byrne, who's a Scottish singer.
2: Gotcha. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No One Tells the President What to Do.
0: And I think that is, again, by Michael Abbott. Okay. Um, okay. And Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, There's one that they sang to their mother uh, about mothers and how much they love their mother. I forget the title of it now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that I was also in the
1: Mother's Day special.
0: Exactly. And I can't remember whether I wrote that one or not. <laughs> to tell it's you the truth. <laughs> it's it was okay. a long time ago. It was a long
2: time ago. Yeah. So we actually have a burning question about the peanut butter and jelly song. Um, mm-hmm. So we know that, like, that is a song already that it's like peanut, peanut butter, and jelly. Right. I don't right. know if you remember this, but in our first video, they never say and jelly. Ever. It's only peanut butter was that like a copyright issue, or like what was that like
0: no, it was just i th- i um played fast and loose with that song um uh, hmm. we added a lot, we added a grandma who and it was sticking to the roof of those right. mouths, and none of that is in the original <laughs> song and i i think I think um that the and jelly is i don't know I think I just wasn't respectful of the original song and left wow. it out because I had other stuff to put in. Yeah, that's we're, fair. We were just trying to make it fun. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to just be able to ask you that directly because we yes. like speculated about that for like at least ten minutes on one of our episodes. It's like, like what happened to the jelly? <laughs> What's the backstory? Um,
0: <laughs> the um, je- jelly manufacturers of America, you know, were
1: not happy. Yeah, they were no, not happy with you, yeah. Mr. Forster. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did Mary and Ashley have any like involvement in the creating of the music? Like, did you like ask them what song other than the Beach Boys stuff? Like, did they like like with the peanut butter? Did they sing that? Did they like that? How, was that involved in any way?
0: They weren't involved in the choosing of the music that I know of. All the songs when I would write a song, I would send it into their management uh, and get feedback on it. And Bob Hinkle was very involved in choosing songs and found some really great writers for for the stuff. I I wasn't I'm not aware of the later album of uh, the later videos because uh, I was just on it through the first maybe six videos that they made. I remember there were times when I sent a song. You know, I said we were trying to have fun, and sometimes uh, we had a little too much fun, and <laughs> um, the management came back and said. Are you kidding me? Seriously, you—you <laughs> you want to? No. Um, there was a song that—the song I wrote for them that was called "Kaban Yabu Krabak" or something. It was like oh, wow. a code. It was like um, pig Latin. Yeah. And and it was about cracking the code, and it was just a little too abstruse. Oh. Yeah. You know.
2: So that wasn't in any that didn't make it into anything, or did
0: it? That didn't. Okay. That's sitting in a drawer still. But there was a song called "One Buffalo, Two Buffalo." Oh yes. my
2: God! Um, yes, did we forget? That was on, <laughs> that was on our that first made video. it. Yeah, that uh, was on our yes. first video. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah,
0: I wrote that one, and and I I, I uh, that was a fun one to write. And but I knew that there was a lot of misinformation going out in, in that.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned um, the management. They got back to you and said it. Um, what? Who are those people that you're referring to? Was that the Mary-Kate Nashley's management?
0: Yeah, it was basically, I mean, as time went on, it was, they were, yeah, they were calling the shots. And I think it was basically a one-man operation. It's Robert Thorne. Uh-huh. Um, yeah.
1: Did you work with him? Did you meet him?
0: Sure. You sure. What, he what was, was he like? He was, um, He was very, um, he had a vision. Yeah. And he was very hard-driving about the vision. He knew exactly what he wanted it to be and... You know, everybody respected that, and uh, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: and was he the one who reached out to you to uh, start working with the Olsen Twins in the first place?
0: It was originally um, Bob Hinkle, who oh, right. was who was who teamed up with uh, Dual Star or the Olsen mm-hmm. Twins um, mm-hmm. with the idea of making an audio record. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "They're very popular, and a record is going to be made." you know, no matter what,
1: <laughs> whether you do it or not. The, yeah.
0: So if they read the Bible on the record, it's going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, it did. We saw in a documentary that like their, our first video or something did better than like Aerosmith and Metallica for like a year or something. Like <laughs> it was so successful and it's because of like people like us, like we totally. just like ate that up. We were like,
1: Whatever literally, yeah, the Bible, whatever they put out, we would have consumed. Like, yeah, there uh-huh. was such a vacuum in the market for yeah. media for young children and for young girls, specifically, too. Interesting, it was, yeah. it was just like, yeah, we, we needed this, we were craving it, yeah, really. Yeah. What were the
0: alternatives? Um, uh, that, who I else Barney? was there for you,
2: Barney? Oops. Yeah, there, yeah, there wasn't really anything quite like it. Like, they were really specifically just, like, their own brand. They had a fan club. Like, it was all very manufactured for, like, BR fans. And there wasn't anything like that, really. I mean, no. I can't even
1: think of anything. And, like, Nickelodeon (laughs) is coming to mind with, like, the Rugrats or, like, the cartoons and stuff. But that was... It wasn't, didn't feel like it was specifically for us. And there was Barbies and, like, toys and stuff. But not this kind of uh, entertainment on TV or videos that was, like, mm-hmm. really, like, trying to get to our interests and to our, like... Yeah. Yeah. And, like,
2: life. made us feel like they were f- our friends. Like, I feel like everyone I know was, like, dying to meet them and dying to be friends with them on, like, a level beyond any other actor or, like, singer or anything. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, it's... while we were, While we were doing these uh, records and videos. One of the things that, I, a touchstone for me was something from my youth, which was The Little Rascals. And uh-huh. you probably, you've probably seen, there was a remake of yeah, them. Yeah, I saw what,
2: the yeah. And Mary ashley were in
1: that, yeah. They had a oh, cameo, they. yeah. Probably around the time you were working with them, just a little after.
0: I have always remembered mm-hmm. um, from my youth, what I loved about the little rascals was that they were so self sufficient mm, they, yes. they functioned in their own world and they could do anything they wanted and the adults were not really um the adults were like uh obstacles mm-hmm. um but they but otherwise they were self sufficient and I think that that was michael Cruzan who was uh the force behind a lot of the videos yeah. um he and i saw eye to eye on the fact that they should that that was a great thing for the twins as well because we literally just
2: talked about just talked about that on our last episode because that's Um, one of the things that you can see now as an adult looking back because as a kid you're just like they're great i love them best friends so fun but like when you're an adult watching it you're just like yeah they are really self-sufficient they're really confident they go on they're really good problem solvers they go Mm -hmm. on these missions by themselves and they like talk to adults and adults trust them and like they ride their bikes to Transylvania like yes. and then like and also like i feel like a lot of their messaging like the bravery song we both rewatched it and we loved it because it is very mm. much like be brave believe in yourself but also like it's okay if you're afraid and yeah. you can still it's like it's very very empowering yeah yeah to watch. and then also like did you write um it's not logical did you write that song
0: uh i did not Um, I'm trying to remember I think Dan Conroy wrote that song
2: okay that was another one where I was like this is like really empowering messaging of just like think for yourself and like assess the situation and like don't take things at face value and you know be independent and I feel like maybe that kind of like I think that probably like seeped into us like subconsciously when we were kids Mm -hmm. but as an adult it's just so clear that that's what the intentions were and i i mean we literally just talked about this
1: it it really came across and that i think that's really powerful so yeah good Mm -hmm. job (laughs) yeah and you mentioned mentioned michael cruzan too we just talked about him and wondered what his involvement was because it seems like a lot of these the music and the videos and everything that came in this time was uh Executive produced by him as well. Were you direct with him? Directed directed by him. him. Yeah, and directed by him. Yes,
0: he directed. Yeah, we were friends. um, I think we were friends from before the Olsen twins. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. I hope he's doing well. Um, Maybe we'll reach out to him. Yeah, Yeah, you should. You should. The the first couple of videos, I think, the Thorn Mansion and um, Logical Eye were much more music-heavy than any, any of the others. Mm-hmm. After that, they went to two songs per video. Mm-hmm. But those those first two were basically musicals. Yeah. Because um, the numbers just kept coming along, which <laughs> I loved. Um, and But uh, I think that was Michael's vision, and we played a close game of ball on those. Uh, and then um, after that, I think... I forget exactly how it worked, but it, after that, it was just, they would send me the script and say, this is the song we need, and we'd talk it over, spot it, and um, do the track, and boom. It, the system, We got the system down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But when, when you're at that point where you don't have the system down, that's kind of where the magic can happen, you know? When nobody, yeah. when you're trying to do something, you don't know how to do it. When you've got six-year-olds and they, they you know, they don't know how to make a record, Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to make a record with them, so we have to figure out how to do it yeah, um and that's you know that's precious stuff, yeah you know at that point in a project. <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say, um, with the magic that you're talking about, like did you feel that on the set of the case of Thorn Mansion because we notated in our last episode how that one felt particularly? exciting and magical. And it also, when I talk to people, people still talk about the case of Thorn Mansion. And it's interesting that it was before you really had your system down. But That was was... the first. Exactly. That was the first. That's what I mean, though, because it was the first one that you did and it's had such a lasting effect. Like, how did that feel? Like, especially compared to like Logical Eye Ranch and the other projects.
0: Well, I think both of those felt like um, a little... I wouldn't say out of control, but a little bit like you don't know exactly what you're going for until you find it. Um, And I did notice, I mean, on Thorn Mansion, first of all, that was where we first introduced the, you know, Super Duper Snoopers thing. And I really loved that sort of boogie woogie theme. Yeah. And and with the band in New York, I, I went in the studio and did all these sort of crossovers and, you know, bumpers and stuff with it too some of which are still cool to this day you know sort of funk versions and smooth jazz versions which i don't most of them probably have never even got used but they i should send them to you actually oh my god we, we would love, would, that.
2: love that <laughs> yes they're
0: yeah they're they're alternate versions of super duper snoopers oh,
2: um oh my god, god please send those As, Okay, yeah. Let me
0: make it. Let, let me make a note.
2: Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, Lanny, we're just like delighted. I'm just like looking over here. We're just like so excited.
1: I can't. Yeah. No, my friend has not been this <laughs> big for such a sustained amount of time in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good. Um, alts. Okay. Yes. I'll dig them out. I even I know which, which drive they're on. Oh my God. Um, so, but but so so I thought. That was the ultimate Little Rascals empowering yeah. moment, you know, when they've set up a detective agency and and we've musicalized it. I thought that's, you know, got the best of everything in it. So, yeah. So um, and then the uh, Michael wrote the script for it. OK. Um, uh, and uh, so you should talk to him. Yeah.
1: yeah, that yeah. would be that Let's, would be really let me, great.
0: Let me make a note to try to track him. <laughs> thank down <pretty>
1: you, <laughs> That's thank you so much. helpful. It's so kind.
0: Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Create the legend. Yes. Oh my god, I love it.
2: Um, yeah. There was
0: there was also a cowboy number. Um,
2: yes, yes, the cowboys who are afraid of cows.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a great vocal trio in there. One of the guys from Take Six, which was a huge vocal band, oh, yeah. w- was on that. Actually, there were great players on all of the stuff. It was like the first string mm-hmm. um, studio players on all of
2: them. Were the guys who are in that video, were they the same people who were singing on the track?
0: I think they're not.
2: Oh, no. okay. oh okay. Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Was that yeah. common
1: back then?
0: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that particular case, yeah. Every the studio was one thing, the video was another thing, mm-hmm. and lip syncing was just coin of the realm. Yeah, um, sure.
2: Wait, it just occurred to me when you said that you wrote all the songs except for "Bravery" on Thorn Mansion that you wrote B-U-T-T Out" with <gasps> Lizzie Olson. <laughs> I that's do. crazy we haven't
1: talked about that no we oh love my that god one. That, that one is that's... so good and so mean so mean it's also been on so many <laughs> tonight shows i don't know if you've been tracking like elizabeth olsen's career trajectory recently but like they keep bringing I know it up. She... they do they do oh it, yes. like, it's been like it's been like unearthed
2: and it's Jimmy just like Fan oh they, well you know, it's like it's like a a classic like like original diss track. Like it is like, uh-huh. just like, it's so mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it is mean, but you know, that mean is funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no,
2: it's so funny. But I, I talked in the last episode about how like, I could not believe that they like spelled the word, but like, I feel like when you're like a little kid and they say that, it was just like, so like, so funny and like,
1: just like risque. Um, Right yeah. for a little
0: kid, that I thought that was about the limit. Oh right?
1: yeah. But yeah, oh yeah. Su- Meant a lot to Becca.
0: I was surprised they let it. I was surprised they let it through. You know, that was another. Yeah. I also thought it might have been Elizabeth Olsen's acting debut. I. I might be wrong about that. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, she had she had a cameo in their, in How the West Was Fun, um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. with their feature film. Um, yeah. Yeah, but she just... I had a
0: song in that, too. Was yeah. that?
2: Okay, that was my next question. Is it the one that was like, won't you hold my hand, my hand at the, the end, end of the day? Of
0: the day? I, I think that's going. it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I'd, you can tell I haven't thought about this. In 30 years. Uh, Yeah,
2: no, but that one is truly like, it's so sweet. But yeah, that one was like on the soundtrack of How the West Was Fun. And there was like a track where the Olsons were singing it, but it was like in the background. It was like not, they weren't, it wasn't a musical. Um, But yeah, that was like a truly, that was like a good, that was good.
0: There was a song about ghosts in there too that I think was not in the movie, but. I think it was on that that soundtrack. Yes, album. no,
1: I know this one. This is the one that was um, a ghost is in a computer and like you can't yes. be real. That's um, yeah. it's in the credits of uh, Case of Thorn Mansion, and oh it God. it gobsmacked me when I was watching Thor- Thorn Mansion this month because I was like, you know, the the video was over, they were just playing the credits, and I was like writing notes, and I was listening to, the, and the song just like was happening. I was like, wait what is this song? Like It was like a half, out, like 30 seconds into it playing. I was like, wait, this is amazing. And I rewound it and I recorded it and I had no idea it exists. It's very funny. Yeah, it was just a credit song.
0: It was written for something else and they just said, well, let's just use it for the credits. But it's only, only half the song is there. Yeah, it just cuts, it's cuts a off story completely,
1: Tragically, yeah. yeah. It seemed like there was just the beginning of the story and then it just cuts off. I was so sad. Yeah. I should
0: look and see if I can find that whole thing. Yeah. Cuz that was a good song. It it actually That was a fantastic it, it, song. It was a ghost song. Um yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my God. The times like when you were around or if you ever did see them, like the twins doing anything, like, did it feel like they, do you just have like any insight into like what this was like for them? If they were into it, if they were excited about it, if they were exhausted, if they were like resentful, cause we're sort of like going back into like, oh, these kids started their careers when they were six months old. Um, and so we're just so curious about what it, what it was like for them and how you might have observed them.
0: Mhm. I think I would call them troopers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um they were scheduled, you know, pretty tightly. Yeah. yeah. Um I didn't really, I mean, I my interaction with them was just very, you know, I mean it wasn't long time mm-hmm. to make an album with them by the time we got the system down probably needed like 3 or 4 hours in the studio with mm-hmm. them. Oh. Um, which for making an album is nothing, but we had this sort of digital editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I might have spent a hundred hours on an album, they you know would their part of it was done quickly, mm-hmm. and we always thought you know that's how it should be, because it felt like they had a lot of responsibility on their shoulders yeah, yeah. I always thought it's not my job to make their life any tougher yeah, yeah. than it has to be yeah but they were they were pretty scheduled. I remember once we needed to get a few more, uh, record a few more lines, and the only place to do it was, they were doing a CVS, or the, the, what's the network? QVC? QVC in King of Prussia, outside of Philadelphia. Uh Uh-huh. And, and... Um, Robert Thorne said, "Well, uh, find a studio in Philadelphia. We'll do it, you know, after they're done with QVC. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, no. After
2: QVC, we watched... And
0: on their way to something else. We watched else, the QVC
2: video, watched. and they were, like, exhausted. So the fact that they had to do something after that makes me so sad. Like, that
1: really makes me I mean, sad, I mean, I know too. this
2: was 30 years ago. They've probably, like, caught up on their sleep since then, but, like, that is just...
1: Oh, that makes yeah. That's if you, really if you ever find it on YouTube, it, it is like it's it's weird to see now with a retrospect and having hindsight on your side. Like it's it's very strange to see. And I know you had no like involvement with that and their schedule and everything. But yeah, it's that that's that's interesting to watch. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this was just about Robert Thor.
2: Like, did it feel like he? I mean, you said that he was like he had like a vision. He had like a really clear like way of doing things. Did it feel like he was like? pushing them beyond their capacity and like did it feel like he was looking out for their best interest or did it feel more like he was trying to like get this you know machine out into the world
0: well I I, you know I think it was both Mm -hmm. Um, it's Mm -hmm. not really my place to say I'm sure he had their best interest Mm -hmm. uh, at heart Um, and uh, and he gave them a, a sort of leg up that few kids in history have ever had Um, yes that was unprecedented it it takes a lot of drive to do that and he definitely had that drive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just remember I'm remembering us working at the bakery in North Hollywood and I think it was on the second album um, and I was in the control booth and my wife Vicky who was doing the you know vocal coaching in the studio with the girls and they're both there everybody's set up on a mic We did a take, and I forget what the song is, but right after the take, there was an earthquake, (gasps) (laughs) and the microphone was going like that. Oh my god! Oh no! And we said, "Oh my god, that was a take!" (laughs) 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 Wow! (laughs) Oh my god! It's it's the only time that ever happened to me.
1: Well, it sounds like there was like a lot of joy in recording and making all of these things too. Was, there was. I'm just curious to uh just thinking about their uh their team and everything like with uh you mentioned Adria later and Jarnie were there for a lot of this stuff too. Did yeah. you notice anything in the dynamic there like between what Adria's job was versus Jarny's or what they seemed to be providing for the the girls?
0: I think I mean they were both there a good a good deal. I, and um it's really it's outside of, you know, what I'm qualified to talk about Mm -hmm. um i think you know the girls got support there and they were also there was a teacher Mm -hmm. there um um, so they were doing that and my son will who was about a a year or two younger than they he's probably your age um he was there too um (laughs) he was i think he was about four when when we started we would troop out from new york and the whole you know the whole family and make records with the Olsen twins oh my god it was wow <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> fun and so he, he, he hung out with the girls and you know they coloring and you know doing oh, that's that's nice. spelling so cute. and what oh it was it was very that's cute that's really cute yeah so
1: you had the experience like as a parent too like working on these things yeah. like with a kid and having like doing work with these kids like that must that must have also been strange did it ever like hit you every now and then these kids were so young
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was crazy, really. Uh, you know, and um, the the crazy premise is that you know these six year olds are going to make an album no matter what, yeah. and it's so. We started the first one, um, Brother for Sale. We figured out how to do it, mm-hmm. uh, or started to figure out how to do it, and then it just kind of sort of blossomed out into. This whole thing it moved over to the video world. I guess they did some films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen some of them. I'm not completely caught up on their filmography, but no, we're and very my caught up. <laughs> oh, so so are they making? Do they do they act
2: anymore? No, 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 no. no. They basically just fashion. Yeah, they yeah, basically they, uh, stopped acting. Well, Mary Kate kept acting a little bit into like the like mid 2000s, and then they both left acting, and yeah, now they
1: do fashion they have some fashion brands and they're very successful right yeah yes yeah. they are they're very yeah it's been like about a solid 10 years since they've acted but they are really at the top of the fashion industry yeah it's astounding really yeah
0: i know they are it's it is interesting um i mean their their talent there is obviously surprising their f- fashion talent that's,
1: mm-hmm. that's yeah
0: it's great.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they probably, like, got such a strong work ethic from being, like, like you said, just, like, scheduled so tightly and just, like, having so much on their shoulders, which is obviously really sad, but... Um, I
0: never I never heard them complain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did, because what kid wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I, I didn't hear it, so... I, you're right, they had a work ethic, and I would say they... I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but... They were very, very professional.
1: Were you surprised at all by the amount of success that these projects that you worked on with them made? Like the (laughs) amount of success it all had?
0: I was happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Everything surprises me and nothing surprises me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Um, I guess they came to you with the knowledge of like, this is going to happen no matter what. It's going to make money no matter what. Do you want to be part of it or not? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and writing for kids and producing for kids has a certain amount of joy built into it if if you sort of I I mean I've always to this day keep well in touch with my inner child Mm -hmm. and so even though kids stuff for kids is only a small part of what I do it is a part that I love Mm -hmm. you know and that I'm very that I wouldn't give up yeah
2: I mean I think you and your team like that's such a big part of what like built the magic and the appeal of all of it and like the fact that you do say that you're so in touch with like your kid your inner kid like that comes across like that really does and like it's not easy to write like for kids from the voice of kids and I mean yeah you did it so well like you i mean i really think that you contributed to like all the insane fans of okay nationally uh well, yeah you. yes absolutely <laughs> yeah, I like to hope yeah. So. and but it holds
1: up like... you know we just revisited this this stuff like 25 years later and it really holds up like uh-huh. amazingly yeah
0: i love hearing that i love hearing that thank you so much
1: yeah well i also read on your wikipedia you won a grammy a few years after this like for another project or you were nominated I've...
0: I've been nominated four times. Wow. Awesome. Um, um, but I've never won.
1: Oh, shoot. Okay. But,
0: but it is an honor just to be nominated. of course. Yes, no, of
1: course. But like, for You're real. nominated gra- Grammys.
2: That's insane. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's so cool. I was at a
0: Grammy ceremony and they give the, it was for a kid's album, and um, they give them out in the afternoon. And, um, and, Tony Bennett was also nominated, um, and it's you can sit anywhere you want um, at the Grammys in the afternoon. It's it's a much looser right, experience, yeah. and Trisha Yearwood is up there, sort of mispronouncing her name, <laughs> and, uh. and so Elmo was also nominated, <laughs> and oh and God. that year Elmo won. Wow! wow. Um, so so, I we were walking out at the end of it, and Tony Bennett and his whole, whole entourage were. In front of me, and I overheard him say, "I can't believe I lost to a fucking puppet."
2: Oh my god! <laughs> At the, for the kids' stuff, that's so inappropriate. That's so funny. Yeah. A
1: very famous, very charismatic puppet. Yeah, you add. it's not any old puppet. <laughs> <laughs> it's an iconic puppet. Yeah.
0: Right, but more iconic to you than to Tony Bennett. Sure. Um, sure. Just to put that that's out fair. there. Yeah. That's fair.
1: That's fair. What was the most difficult part of the whole process for you? Like working with the Olsons and, and the whole all time? All it, yeah.
0: I would say that initially figuring out how to make a record with a six-year-old, mm-hmm. with yeah. two six-year-olds. That really required some um, figuring. But it's interesting about L.A. If you... If you have a project underway and the clock is ticking and you've got all the pros around, you've got an engineer there and you've got, you know, assistant engineers and you run into a problem. It's amazing in L.A. how fast everybody comes together and wow. starts finding a solution because they're used to making films where the clock is ticking and every mm-hmm. minute costs you a gazillion right. dollars.
2: <laughs> what would you say was the most rewarding part of all of it for you?
0: Well, for me, it's just the final product mm. is the most rewarding, you know, and actually hearing you guys that it, that you got it, <laughs> you know, and that it was important to you. <laughs> that is completely rewarding Yay. to me. I just love that. <laughs> Yay, you know? That's great. Really. That's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the whole point, yeah. right? I mean, if you do it and, and people don't get it, you, you might as well not have done yeah. it, right? Yeah. Right.
1: right yeah it like yeah i can't i can't under uh underestimate and under explain to you how much of an honor this is. I'm getting tongue tied just like trying to say, <laughs> I can't uh. believe we are speaking to the person who wrote so much of the music we grew up with. yeah this like is just a, a surreal experience for me, yeah we're so so grateful that you decided to do this and yeah. Well, thank you for asking. Yes, you man. were so kind and so generous with your time and My with, pleasure. Your, with your thoughts and energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great.
0: My pleasure. Yay. Take Bye. care. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you <laughs> too. Bye.
1: Bye. That was so awesome. <laughs> I know. I feel like I have like. So many questions answered, and now so many more questions to answer, and like so many more people that we need to track down
2: and get different perspectives. Yes. Lani, thank you for dropping that on me. Uh, oh my god, I had me. no idea <laughs>
1: we could get this done so quickly. I know it happened. Uh, no, that
2: was so amazing. Um, manifest so, your dreams,
1: everyone. Yes,
2: manifest. Uh, <laughs> um, I live in LA now, so like manifest with your crystals or whatever. Okay, thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening. Join us next week where we talk about the Fun Club, unless we have to bump it again. Because Because Robert Thorne hears this and somehow wants to set the record straight. Robert Thorne, we are always here to talk to you. Always. I don't know if you've got NDAs, but we are. Break them break them we are we want to talk to you we want to talk to you we promise that we'll give you a fair interview but we need to know the facts Robert so uh, Mm -hmm. yeah if you want us to not talk about the fun club next week give us a call and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll prioritize your interview
1: yes but otherwise until then find us on Instagram email us we're at theythoughtiwasyou um, theythoughtiwasyou at gmail.com if you want to email us and if you liked this interview and you want more of the stuff like leave us a review and a little rating it really helps us find more people that we can connect with and hopefully find more interviews with too yeah thank you guys so much we'll see you next week bye bye they thought I was you
0: if it's up to me you're our-